You're listening to Cleveland First Baptist Church's weekly sermon audio from lead pastor Rick Dill. For more information, please visit clevelandfirstbaptistchurch.com. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we are grateful that we have a rock to hold on to. It's a time that it's incredibly uncertain, but the rock holds. As we look to your word for guidance and strength, support, pray that you would just speak to our hearts through your spirit. Give us the encouragement, give us the joy, the strength that we need in times like these. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to John 14, we're going to look at verses 25 through 31. I've decided to do a series of messages on hope. Because in times like these, we need hope. And so instead of doing what I would normally do, a a book or a section of scripture, we'll be looking at different scriptures that address that. I'd like to just personally thank Wesley for doing such a great job of setting all of this up. Um, We'd be up the creek without him, and I'm glad that God has brought them here and that he can be used in this way with his expertise in that. Also want to uh, just say next week uh, we will put out a day or two, uh, Friday or Saturday, a, a worksheet like we're accustomed to having. If you go on the website, you'll be able to print that off. If you like to take notes, I would recommend that. It helps you learn, and uh, we'll do that. And also, if uh, it works out, there will be something special for the children next week and uh, might be something they need to prepare for, so please check that out on the website a day or two before. So let me set the stage for this scripture that we want to look at today. The disciples had gathered with Jesus to celebrate their last Passover meal together. Jesus was about to institute the Lord's Supper at that time. It would be that last meeting and really Jesus' last instructions to his disciples. Jesus had already washed their feet and instructed them to be the kind of disciples who wash each other's feet be servants. Jesus predicts that one of them will betray him. Unbelievable. He tells Peter that he soon will deny him, and then he tells them all, all of the disciples, that it's time for him to go. They are actually still on a kind of emotional high from the triumphal entry that had only been a few days before. It must have been confusing to hear Jesus speak of his departure. Uh, Why would he be going? Where was he going? Uh, When would he depart? How would this departure occur? What would happen to them once he was gone? And their lives suddenly became very uncertain. Strange, isn't it? That in only a moment, our worlds can be turned upside down. All of us have experienced that over the past two weeks. 
Two weeks ago, the coronavirus was something that affected Asia. Now this tiny invisible virus has put a halt to our being able to worship together. It has shut down our social lives, world transportation, and brought our economy to its knees. Everything, our retirement, our savings, our jobs, our health, our very futures, became in a week's time completely uncertain. And what are we told to do to protect ourselves? Wash your hands. Is that the best we can do? Really? Wash your hands? I'm not saying don't do it. Wash your hands. Wash them 50 times a day. But you know, in times like these, we do need an anchor. We need a Savior. I think the disciples went through their own sort of corona week when they lost Jesus. And he knew that that was going to happen. That they would panic and fear and fall into despair. But he didn't want that to happen for them. And this is what he says to them. So look at verse 25, chapter 14, as I read. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you? I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me so that the world will know he has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. In uncertain times, Jesus tells us five things in this passage that we need to remember. First of all, we have an advocate. We have an advocate. An advocate is one who promotes or supports the interests of another person. Jesus tells his disciples, that is, those who spent their lives following them, those who modeled their lives after him, that's what a disciple is. Jesus tells this group of people, if you are my disciple, I'm going to send you an advocate, someone who will support your interests, who will be at your side. When we face crises in life, we need someone at our side. We need to know that someone is representing our interests, especially if we are not able to defend ourselves. The disciples' world was being turned upside down and they couldn't do a thing about it. If Jesus left, they needed someone who would be at their side. I think that we feel 
something like that in the situation that we find ourselves in today. And we need an advocate. We need someone who is acting on our behalf. The Holy Spirit would be that advocate, Jesus said. In the Greek, it is the word parakletos, which means literally one called to stand beside you. And Jesus describes the work that he would do. The advocate is the representative of Jesus himself. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, the advocate is Jesus with us. The Holy Spirit is Christ who knows us and knows our situation, our case, if you will. For me today, that is incredibly important. There is nothing about what we are experiencing that Jesus does not know. In fact, he is right here, standing at our side. His Holy Spirit is with us as the personal representative of the Son of God himself. And the advocate will teach you everything. You know, there is nothing we need to know about this life, no wisdom or understanding that the Holy Spirit does not have, and he freely gives it to us. We certainly need his wisdom today just to get through this entire ordeal. We need his understanding in order to make right decisions and wise decisions. He promises to teach us everything if we seek his direction. And the advocate will remind you of everything I've told you. I'll remind you of everything I've told you, Jesus says. So this may apply, of course, to the writing of Scripture. The disciples at this point did not understand exactly what was going to happen. And it was quite some time before they felt the leadership and need to write down all that Jesus did and said uh, in the Gospels. And Jesus says, when, when that time comes, I, my Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that I have told you. So when we read the Gospels, we are reading what the Holy Spirit reminded Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to write. But there's something else that is perhaps more important to me personally today. And that is that the Holy Spirit is the one who opens the meaning of the scripture to my heart personally. He allows the words that Jesus spoke as I read them to give me comfort and strength and understanding for the trials of life. He reminds us that Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So there is no authority above the one who owns us and leads us. He reminds us that Jesus said, not even a sparrow falls to the earth without the Father's awareness. I don't have to worry about God caring about my situation. He sees everything. He reminds us that Jesus is the way and the truth and his life itself. And we need those reminders in times like these. Secondly, we have peace of mind and heart. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled 
and don't be afraid. I don't think, if I'm honest with you, that I could say that I've experienced a lot of peace this week. If you have, it might be, that might mean that you haven't watched the news. Sometimes being oblivious is peaceful. But despite the terrible uncertainty that we face this week, this week has brought with it um, a kind of inner peace of mind and heart that comes only from a relationship to Jesus. But to comprehend that, we really have to see what Jesus says. First of all, he says the kind of peace of mind and heart that I'm talking about is a gift. It is a gift. That means I can't work it up in me. It doesn't come because I get myself into a trance. It doesn't come because some government representative says that everything is going to be fine. It is only found in a real and abiding relationship with Jesus my Lord. Secondly, it is the same as the kind of peace found. It is never the same as the kind of peace found in the world. So the peace, peace, the word peace in Hebrew is the word shalom, and it means assurance without seeing. So the peace that the world offers comes only when you can see that everything is going to be okay. You know, things are not okay in our world today. And there is no peace that this world can give you about all that's happening. Peace of Christ is, however, different. It is knowing that he holds us in his hand no matter what happens in this world. And the world cannot give you that. You know, if you live for this world, the things, the thing that you don't have today is peace. If the things of this world are the things that you really care about today, then peace is something you don't know. If you live for your 401k, if that's what you're counting on to keep you safe, then you don't sleep well at night. The peace that we find in Jesus is different in another way. Shalom was most commonly used as a greeting in the day of Jesus. We say, hello, how are you doing? And they said, shalom. It meant, I wish for you the peace of God, his wholeness, his purpose. But, you know, it was only a wish. That's all it was. I wasn't, it wasn't something that I could give to a person. I could wish them God's peace, but I can't give them that. But Jesus said, I give you peace of mind. The difference is that Jesus has the power to make his word reality in your heart. The world can wish you a lot of things, but the world cannot give you peace. Only Jesus can do that. The result of this kind of peace is truly a sort of freedom from fear and doubt. We know that he holds us no matter what comes in uncertain times. Our greatest hope that is certainty is that Jesus will return. Jesus says, remember what I told you? I'm going away, but... 
I will come back to you again. Now for the disciples, what was that going to be? It was going to be the resurrection. They would see him die in a matter of hours, but they also would see him come out of the grave. They would see him and eat with him and talk with him. He would come back. But he also tells us, I'm coming again. And we need to place our hope and assurance in that word. Thirdly, the advocate helps us believe. Jesus says, I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Especially for the disciples, this is important. We think of the disciples as though they had it all together, but actually they were quite confused and susceptible to doubt as we are today. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus informs his disciples about what's about to happen so that they will be strengthened and be able to believe. Later we read, and they remembered what he said, and they believed exactly what Jesus had pointed out. But this is also done for us. Jesus told his disciples about the resurrection before it even happened in order to strengthen their ability to believe. It should also strengthen our ability to believe. Although I've done this many times, in fact, I just explained this if you were a part of the Sunday School Hour, we need to understand what that word means. The word belief or pistis is, it, is translated in three different ways. Faith, trust, or believe. You see, believe is not a thought that you have. It is a life that you live. Jesus was not just concerned that you think he really was resurrected from the dead. To believe in the sense that Jesus uses it is to place your faith in him to the degree that your life is changed and you live for him instead of living for the world. If you live for the things of this world, if wealth and possessions and influence and looks if those are the things that dominate your desires, you do not actually believe. If anything is more important to you than following Jesus Christ, you do not actually believe. If your life does not worship him, you do not believe. But you can believe through the power of his spirit. Then Jesus says one more thing. He says, be wary of the world's ruler. Now, this is something that kind of uh, grabbed me this week as I prepared this sermon. Uh, I, I think I've just kind of always read over the scripture, this passage. Jesus says, I don't have much time, more time to talk to you. He's getting ready to go out to Gethsemane. <clears throat> because, he says, the ruler of this world approaches. The ruler of this world approaches. And then he says, this ruler, he doesn't have any power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. So Jesus knows that he is about to do battle with Satan, the ruler of this world. 
Satan wanted him to deny the Father in order to live. And Jesus says, I won't do it. He doesn't control me. I will do what the Father in heaven says. So Jesus paints a picture here for us that we find in all of Scripture. There are two kingdoms. There is a worldly kingdom and there is a heavenly kingdom. Two kingdoms who have two kings. The king of this world is Satan. The king of heaven is Jesus. We are called to live as foreigners in a kingdom to which we do not belong. Our king is not king of this world. But he is king over this world. So we need to beware. And Jesus warns his disciples. Beware of the kingdom and the king of this world. And we must resist. Jesus said he had no power over him. And Jesus lives in us. We belong to him. We don't have to fear the ruler of this world. Jesus has power over Satan. And we belong to Jesus. So what does that mean? What am, what am I trying to say? Satan would fill you with terror. Jesus will fill you with peace. Satan can take everything you own. He can destroy your retirement, send the world into another great depression, but Jesus never loses sight of his children. He is standing beside you. Satan can destroy this world. He can kill millions, right? He can kill this body of mine as well. But death cannot separate me from God. It cannot separate me from the one to whom I belong. I do not have to fear. Perhaps our prayer should be threefold. Lord, use this day and this time in which I find myself to make your presence clearer to me. Let the advocate, your advocate, your spirit, reveal himself to me through the things that I'm experiencing. And secondly, Lord, help us to live for you no matter what the ruler of this world does. And remind us that our citizenship is not here. We are citizens of your kingdom. You are the ruler of our lives. And finally, Lord, if, if I face loss or sickness or hurt or even death, renew my faith in you. For you live. You came out of the grave. And you have promised we will live because we belong you. We, above all people, have hope in every time, in this time as well. Father, we thank you for 
being a God who cares about us and loves us and directs us. Lord, we ask you to have mercy on your church and on this world. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering. Lord, we don't desire to suffer, but we know that you are the power in our lives and that you will be at our side no matter what comes. And we trust you and praise you for that. Lord, I pray that each person, each family watching this service will be encouraged and will be filled with the assurance of your presence in our lives and the power that brings. Lord, we trust you to be in us. And we want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.